it was like Deborah Winger and Richard Gere and Officer and a Gentleman. No, I just picture the guys out of what's the Clint Eastwood one? Everyone's loose. Yes. Yes. When he's dinking the guy that yes. you're the biker gang. No, Damo put the good thing on about uh, you know Wes from uh, Mad Max Two and his yeah. his yeah. little the little man lady, little lady boy with the blonde hair and the arseless chaps. Welcome to Born to Watch. We're three old mates, an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world. Hey there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again. It's Born to Watch time. And, of course, we're live from the Panic Room. And this week we are a trio again. The OG are back after Dan's sojourn into the US of A. But I'm sure we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, with me as always, my loyal number two. Never leaves me. How are you, mate? Great. Good evening, watchers. And glad to be back for this one. Going to be a great episode. Love this movie. Oh, gal. And... Premature adulation. Yeah, be careful. Well, yeah, we're out. But, uh. Yeah, 84. What a cracking year. We'll get into that. One of the great years. Electric Boogaloo 2. <laughs> yeah. One of the great times. Don't shoot your load this quick. Just chill. <laughs> Just chill. <laughs> and back and on the land and looking a million dollars is Dan. How are you, mate? Welcome. Gents, good to see you. A big couple of weeks on the land, but not my land. It was uh, the big old lands of the US of A for the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I went over there to met my agent, my people, discuss a few projects and uh, actually to lobby the Academy as well. We talked about my inclusion in next year's Oscars voting. So can't say it went very well, but um, you never know how it's going to turn out. But And uh, not a lot of interest for Don Brenham at this stage. Uh, my my short story about uh, the, uh, the the cricketing kids. So, yeah, but it, it was good to get over there. I met some of the fans as well, caught up with Dougie, caught up with oh, Star Star Wars bra, yep, rooted her, so that was good. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and I took some time off. Uh, took some time. We, we had like a, a when I say rooted her, we had like a, a, a mini comic Comic Con. It was like big, big watch con, and uh, I, I did a I did a keynote speech, and it was the two of them. And uh, then I rooted her, so I took some time off. Uh, <laughs> after that, oh, it's the accent. It's the accent. Like we still, you get over there, and you know, it's just they just love it. And I took some time off after that to explore the the south, which I never I don't know about you guys, but I haven't I hadn't done any time in that area. So I flew flew into Washington DC, the freedom capital of the world, and uh, got a lit the fuck up there. And uh, that proceeded to be the, uh, the the rinse and repeat for the next ten days as we we rode on big fuck off Harleys from uh, from Washington DC all the way down to New Orleans. So I mean, I can say with uh, with great insight that John Denver is not full of shit. Uh, the, the the Rocky Mountains are spectacular, and the Shenandoah River is uh, is also good. I'm big in Memphis, so I've I've got a bit of a following in Memphis these days. I, I cut absolutely sick at Biker Night on Wednesday with uh, with some African American friends of mine, and uh, yeah, just had had a good old time uh, all the way down in New Orleans. But uh, yeah, I, I, highlights uh, were, were many, but not dying was definitely the uh, the major highlight. <laughs> For me, but uh, Nashville spectacular. I don't know if uh, if listeners, if uh, if you are looking for something different, then yeah, highly recommend it. I tell you where not to go is Mississippi. That is that makes gal. You know how on our travels we went to Regina in Saskatchewan. Yes, you know how, you, 
you get over the over the over the uh, you get through Alberta and over the Rocky Mountains are just flat as well. Mississippi is even flatter than Saskatchewan. You can watch your dog run away for two weeks. It is ridiculous. Really, uh, lots, lots of cotton fields and uh, a fairly boring ride on the back of a Harley. Do a ninety, by the way, because I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a TC. But it was uh, yeah, I, no, I had look had a great time. Ate so much shit food. It was brilliant. So much barbecue, so much. Oh, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. Um, lots of good, good barbecue in Memphis. Uh, went to Elvis's house, checked out how that fat sea lived, and uh, yeah, he was he was quite a unit to say the least. Uh, yeah, so a good a good couple of weeks, but um, don't know that I'll make it onto the voting panel for the the Oscars next year. That's a shame. I thought that you could take us with you on your coattails, Dan. But uh, anyway, we'll we'll just do it on our own as we're used to. And look, tonight uh, we go on the hunt for Goza, the Gozarian, as we give 1984's Ghostbusters the Born to Watch treatment. This is the movie that essentially birthed the supernatural comedy. And even the death of a possible lead character couldn't derail the juggernaut. And as I've spoken about before on this podcast, this is probably the first major cinema experience where I actually had a choice on what I got to go and see. Saw it seven times in the cinema. And it was a joy every single time. When did you guys first see Ghostbusters? I I think I saw it straight away. I can't remember, but definitely right when it was out. Saw it in the cinema. I would believe I did. Yeah. Yeah. Morgs. I don't. I. It was very difficult. I'm not sure. I all I thought about was you seeing it seven times at Warringah Mall cinemas, and uh, yeah. I don't know that I saw it in '84. I remember. I think we spoke about it a couple of pods ago, but. The Ray Parker Jr. song it was played on morning TV, like it just as a filler. So I knew all about it, but I, I just I don't know if I saw it in the movies or it was a little bit later on. But uh, obviously, seen it many times since, and it was great revisiting it. It, it had been some time since I've seen it, and uh, it was uh, it was definitely like sticking on a uh, old pair of undies. It, it felt really good. Your undies or my undies? They were in the cellophane. They weren't actually yours yet. So they're only yours if you wore them. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Objection, Your Honour. Anyway, look, as a nine-year-old, this movie is the perfect mix of, of humour and scares. Uh, and at the time, the special effects were obviously next level. Uh, look, ultimately lovable characters. It's a movie that's really stood the test of time, uh, spurned a direct sequel, a reimagining, which we shall never talk about ever again. And then, of course, the reboot, which is actually not a bad movie. Afterlife. I actually think this movie is as good today as what it was in 1984. Yeah, anyway. I agree with you. And look, it, it's because it appeals to everybody. It appeals to you when you're a nine-year-old kid. Yeah. It still appeals to you when you're an adult. There's enough in there for adults to love. Oh, I think there's so much in it the older you get. Yeah. It's, and that's obviously the the Bill Murray, the Saturday Night yeah. Live uh, humor that you get along the way. But there is, even today, I watched, I was watching a little bit before I came into the studio and I just picked up a couple things that, you know, very sly comments was just, I just pissing myself laughing. There's some really funny one-liners in there yeah. that you forget. Yeah. And there's so many, and a lot of them go to Bill Murray in oh, the movie. Of course. Even though the other two wrote it, yeah. he gets a lot of the good lines in this. Yeah, absolutely. Look, as always, it's, uh, we, we like to give ourselves a little bit of self congratulations. And we've got a couple today. And we've got one from a first wait, wait, time. Wait, 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 wait. Before you start, can I predict there's got to be a few that were wondering what the F was going on with Avatar and I wasn't part of the pod. So there's got to be, what, half a dozen of people just There's going, been none. There's been none. In fact, the, the silence was golden and the silence was also deafening and there were some concerns by the perp about your uh, 
lack of appearance in the last episode. Good on you. She's very disappointed that you you weren't there. Yeah. Uh, she'll, she'll, she'll be almost heartbreaking to hear that you are slayed Star Wars bra whilst in the US. And probably though, she's probably also a little bit excited that, you know, if that's the going that's the going rate, then maybe she's not too far off the mark. <laughs> Any feedback for Damo? Uh, Damo always gets a lot of feedback. Yeah. It's usually from him. Uh, <laughs> he, um, he, he sent through a couple of text messages saying about how good he thought he went. How did, uh, how did he go? How did he go? Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, he's good. He's, he came off the bench as his head taped. He had the liniment on. Uh, he was ready to go, and uh, he brought his A game as usual. Charged it up. Yeah, he did. Solid. Gow and him, uh, you know, played a little trick on me, uh, and which if you'd listened to the podcast that you aren't on, Daniel, you'd hear that. But uh, Why would I listen to the to, podcast? We talked about oh, the uh, the travels demo I've had. Ah, you know, oh, good, good, good to that. Good switch. The Oberon, oh, okay. The Oberon. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> anyway, a, so, a minute of self-congratulations. And this is from a, a new messenger. And I'll, I'll paraphrase a bit here. But look, it says that, Whitey, send me your email. I have a spreadsheet for you to easily work out the rating unless you're trying to be funny, in which case, well played. It comes across very realistic. <laughs> it's realistic, <laughs> all right. The loving, <laughs> well, keep loving the podcast. A podcast for the everyman, offering insight and reflection that leads you to relive the greatest movies and moments, delivered with just the right combination of wit and shit talk to leave you in stitches. Two thumbs up, Keith McNobb. Oh, good on you, Keith. <laughs> what a legend. Good on you, Keithy. Yeah, one of, the, one of the great guys. One of the Champion. great guys. And, uh, hangs, out, hangs out a lot with uh, a, a podcast appearance guy, Sloan Nixon. They're, they're very good mates these days. They they are, oh, yeah, the king. They yeah. are very tight. They yeah. are very tight. Sloan, Sloan is the king these days. And, uh, yeah, does he hangs out a lot with Keithy. So uh, good on him. Good, good guy. Good blokes. We've also got another first-time messenger, and uh, it, it's 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 funny because he's actually just giving us a little bit of trivia. But I thought we'd mention him online because uh, he's quite a nice fellow. Interesting fact about the YouTube guy who did the anti-aging in the Irishman: he did the same thing for Luke Skywalker at the end of season two of The Mandalorian. Lucasfilm saw it and then hired him. That's why Skywalker looked so much better in the Book of Boba Fett. Keep up the good work, Matt G and team. Oh, love it! That's from, yeah, that's from Tree. That's from Tree. Oh, Cam- the big unit. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. What a champion! Good fella. Yeah, good fella, another, Tree. Another good Even fella. though he smashed me on the golf course. Yes, he did. He he, he actually played quite well that first he round. Did. He was he was pretty he awful after that. It. Uh, also, uh, look, a, a week wouldn't go by without a message from the purple, and I've actually just got one while we were sitting here talking. So she she must know something's going a bit. Left my run a bit late this week. I like to be well ahead so I can take notes, but I'm going to watch Ghostbusters, and I don't think I've seen this one for at least 20 years. But when it came out in 1984, I was 16 and saw it at the movies, I think more than once. I was so obsessed with Ray Parker Jr. I want a signed copy of a 12-inch single of the song he brought out after Ghostbusters. I hope it was a 12-inch single. Uh it was fucking dreadful. Anywho, brownies are cooking, as is the caramel slice, so it's time to relax and remember 1984. Stay gold, pony boy. <laughs> Great work, Perth. We love the Perth. Keep sending them purple. Love the Perth. Okay, Gal, why don't you tell us a little bit about Ghostbusters? All right. They're here to save the world. Gaggles of little green ghosts, spooks, and a host of paranormal occurrences are on the rampage in New York City. Can anyone save the world from these supernatural creatures? 
only three unemployed and enterprising university parapsychologists when they go into the Ghostbusters business. Armed with ectoplasmic swats and patented booby traps, they walk a fine line between scientific ingenuity and lunacy in their quest to rid the city of the slimy, haunting monsters. You don't need extrasensory perception to see why Ghostbusters is the world's most hilarious comedy loved by critics, adults, and kids alike. Correct. It certainly is. Straight off the uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Look, and it was funny. Last week we talked about the trailers, and there was a bit of concern that the trailers might have been taking up a bit too much time. I actually had the the, uh, the joy of spending some time last week with a OG fan, one of our top five fans, Johnny Bull. Yes, he was up on the Gold Coast. Fan. He was up on the Gold Coast. He actually came to my place for dinner. We had a bit of a chat, and I and he said, if you cut the trailers, I'm out. So trailers are staying. Trailers are staying. Johnny yeah. put his foot down. He did. Johnny put his foot down. Uh, it was great to see the man, and he, he's spreading the word of Born to Watch. We don't want to get him offside. We don't want to get him offside. No. Leave the trailers as is. So in saying that, here's the trailer. Thank you, John. Ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. Ghostbusters. Hey, anybody see a ghost? They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay, all right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this body? Is this a trick question? Stick. Hold. Him up. Smoke. Make him hard. Ready. Ghostbusters, starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, coming to save the world. Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. Now, Gal, you made a good point there about this movie being loved by critics and everyone alike, because this rates really well. IMDb has this at 7.8 out of 10. And holy shit, we're on it again. It's certified fresh on the wonderful tomato meter that we don't really know what it is at 97%. Is that our highest? It's one of them, yeah. It's right up there. That's high. That's high, man. And an 88% audience score. So that tomato meter is critics. So it, it's really high. Gal, why don't you uh, tell us a bit about the cast? Here we go. Bill Murray. Bill legend. Murray, yeah, legend. Started off his career. He actually worked as a caddy when he was young, putting himself through school. Him yeah. and his him and his brothers or his siblings. 
but then he, he ended up dropping out of school and uh, he was actually in a pre-med, but uh, dropped out due to marijuana possession. I <laughs> believe that. But uh, then he joined National Lampoon Radio Hour with Dan Aykroyd and Gilda Radner and John Belushi. And those three ended up becoming, starting on Saturday Night Live. And he didn't join them originally. He went on Saturday Night Live with Howard Cosell in 1975. But that failed and then he got his start on Saturday Night Live, which, which all of them did. And they went through that and then they started in the movie. So his first movie was Meatballs. Yeah. Now, I was a massive fan. You're a big Meatballs guy. Well, I'm a massive fan of, of Bill Murray. Yeah. And, but Meatballs, an awesome movie. Played Tripper in that movie. <laughs> um, then into Caddyshack. One, that is one of the greatest movies ever yeah. made. Awesome. Yeah. Can't awesome. be far away on Born to Watch. No, we've got to get that out there. Yeah. Uh, in 1980. Then Stripes. Another cracking yeah, movie. I watched that about three weeks ago. Same, same. I watched it about three weeks ago as well. It's yeah, um, it's like two movie. movies in one. It's really good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah it is sort of got those two parts, right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but yeah, into that. Then then in Tootsie, then Ghostbusters in '84 with the whole team, which really that was threw it. them out there. Yeah, yeah. That that was really where they hit their straps. Uh, he's been in a ton of movies. The Razor's Edge. Another another one favorite here of um, some people in this team. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, uh, he plays a couple the, of stars of that plays show. He the here. patient of of the dentist. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Arthur when Denton. I was young, yeah. just a bad little kid. Yeah. <laughs> My mum and his funny things I did. <laughs> Going, girl. Good time. Do a line is the, do a line from the tree, girl. Oh, the tree was the best part of that whole Feed thing. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me all <laughs> night long. That's right, kid. You can do it. So, so born to watchers. We were actually in a musical together back in about 1991, and uh, we, we all had some some big parts. And uh, Gao <laughs> had the biggest part. He was the tree, and he was fucking excellent at it. And, it was Audrey uh, too. Yeah, yeah. He was he was Audrey. He, he played Audrey too. He was so very good. If you know the movie, he was excellent. Yeah. So, and Whitey hocked a massive loogie up on stage every night. And I think that that brought the house down. So, didn't you play the wino? Yeah, I played the, the yeah. I played the hobo. Yeah. yeah. I went on to bigger and better things, though. Oh, yeah. Captain Von Trapp the That's next it. year. You know, yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. lead. Oh, Took it all the way. 16 going on 17. <laughs> Shout out to Fluff. <laughs> hey, that, that, uh, Fluff's a big – he's a big fan of Born to Watch. Will hate us calling him Fluff. Is he? Yeah. Oh, no. sorry, David. Dave. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. We've got, we got to look after our OG. So, David, yeah. welcome. Another legend. Uh, yeah. Then into Ghostbusters 2, What About Bob in 91? Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's a good movie. Really good movie. Right. A great role. Yeah. And and again, that's directed by Harold Ramis. Yes. Yep. Yes. Harold Ramis wrote and yep. produced a lot of these yeah. movies. Yeah. It's um, prolific. He was, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was yeah, excellent. Big loss. Unreal. Yeah, Ooh. big loss. But Mad Dog and Glory, Kingpin, great role oh, in Kingpin. His hair in Kingpin is oh, next level. Ernie McCracken. Oh, God. Yeah, it's the best. His hair oh, is the best. Oh, my God. Can you believe Kingpin is 25 years old? Oh, no, like, it's it crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Space Jam, Wild Things. Ooh. Charlie's Angels with Bosley and Charlie's Angels, Bosley, of course. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Lost in Translation. I'll leave that to you guys. One of Dan's favorites. Well, yeah. What would you think of that, Cow? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Sophia Coppola. <laughs> Direction was excellent. How many times have you seen it, Cow? Tons. I can't. I couldn't even tell you. It's got zero in the end, doesn't yeah. it? It's got a zero. Yeah, yeah. So, born, born to watch. That's actually one of my favourite films ever, and it will never get done on this podcast. Oh, no, no, but, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. That's not fair. That's not. We did say we might do it so that we have some serious conflict in the in the studio. <laughs> to be fair, he got a he got a BAFTA and a Golden Globe as best actor for 
Lost in translation. Yeah. It's a, and, it's a really good role. Yeah, he does he does good. And Sophia Coppola actually wrote that role for him, with him in mind for that role. So. Yeah. She wasn't even sure if he was going to turn up, because he he didn't. With when you book Bill Murray, you just leave a voicemail, and and he doesn't actually get back to you. So she turned up, and they were doing all the uh, all the all the pre scoping out all the locations and everything in Japan, and they did it guerrilla style over there too. They didn't get permits or anything, and literally a week before the shoot, he still hadn't confirmed whether he was coming or if he's going to turn up. So it would have been a little bit scary when your whole movie's written around a, a character that you don't know is actually going to turn up to uh, to your movie. Well, I think the, the deciding vote came down to he got to drink all the Japanese scotch. <laughs> Which, yeah, Japanese whiskey is fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. yes. But a um, couple of sliding doors moments for Bill Murray. Like a bit of sliding doors. He was, he was considered for the role of Detective John Kimball. Oh, kindergarten in, cop. In kindergarten cop. Oh. Which oh. Obviously went to Arnie. Oh. But ironically... Arnie was actually going to be in this movie. Was Dr. he? Dr. Peter Venkman. Yeah, yeah, he was, Morgs. Yeah. Arnie was considered for, for Dr. Peter Venkman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll continue. I'll listen a bit harder. So that, uh, I, don't, I made that mistake twice. <laughs> you had. You did in the one fucking podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the remake or Kindergarten Cop Two is about to about to drop. Isn't oh, it? really? Yeah, it's in. Yeah, it's mm. in pre-production. I the believe. first one's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but anyway, also Ghostbusters uh, was originally intended. That role of Peter Venkman was intended for John Belushi John, yeah. until he unfortunately passed away. Yep. And also Michael Keaton was up for that role, and he actually turned down both Venkman and Spengler. Didn't oh, do them. Did. Yeah, right. turn them okay. down. Wow. Yeah. So, but John Belushi sort of got to star in the movie anyway. Well, yes. Because they based Slimer on John Belushi. Well, they believed that. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd referred yeah. him to Slimer because that, they based on his eating yeah, in the National Lampoon's yeah. Animal House. Yeah, very funny. But yeah, Bill Murray was actually up for the role of Ted Stryker in oh, Airplane. In, oh, really? In Flying High? Oh, Flying High. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's Flying High here, yeah. yeah. That's Lloyd Bridges, isn't it? The, yes. Ted Stryker. Yes. <laughs> And turned down the lead role in Big to star in Scrooge. Oh, no shit. Yeah, turned oh, it down because yeah, right. he had Scrooge on, so he turned that wow. down. Yeah. Oh, but, that, was a, that, was, that was a bit of a miss. Scrooge sucks balls. Scrooge did pretty well, I though, I think. I mind Scrooge. Scrooge and is I think right. he did well for his career, though. Yeah. I, don't think it, I don't think it hampered him, but yeah. I would have liked seeing him in Big, though. I mean, Tom X. Yeah. It's a different it's, movie. Uh, it's a different movie with yeah. Bill Murray in it. Yeah. I think Big was nominated for an Academy Award. I think yeah, it was I think nominated it was, for yeah. Best Picture. It could have been, yeah. yeah. Actually, it was. I think it was. Yeah, you're right. It's good. Enjoyable flip. That's something I've got to watch with the kids, actually. Actually, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, anyway, we'll move on to uh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, as we said, he's, he got his start in writing performing on SNL, Saturday Night Live, in 76 with the rest of the team. And then first movie role was the Blues Brothers, as Elwood Blues in 1980. Dan introduced me to the Blues Brothers. That was a Dan Morgan yeah, movie. I- I still like it, and our friend, uh, friend of the podcast, Nick Torpy, thinks I'm the world's biggest trog for liking that movie. But actually, I enjoy it. So, uh, oh, and okay. they were on, they were on the bags so big during the filming of that thing. All of them just off yeah. the shops the whole Gary time. She so, was, was probably the worst. Gary yeah. Fisher just lit the f up. So, uh, yeah, now good. I actually I enjoy going back to it. Sorry, Torps. It's not a bad movie, actually. I, I, I like it. It's yeah. great soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, really good good Ray there. Charles in the diner. Yeah, awesome. Oh, so good. All those little cameos yeah. down, man. Uh, there are some cameos. Just sensational. So, yeah, no, good. Worth, worth a revisit. 
Blues Brothers um, 2000, worth avoiding. Yeah, worth avoiding. Oh, yeah. I love John Goodman. I think John, I, I think John Goodman is fantastic. Great character actor, great jobbing actor. Really enjoyed him in Tremay until they killed him off or he killed himself off in the uh, in the show. Did you guys enjoy Tremay? I did watch Tremay. Thank you, Daniel. I know you're yeah. trying to catch me out here. But anyway, I did watch Tremay. <laughs> I was because I was obviously just in New Orleans, so I yeah, just made of course, sure that yeah, I well, yeah. went and went and retraced the steps of uh, of, of the the Tremay cast and John Goodman, where he took in his his, his favourite performances. But uh, yeah, John Goodman, great Tremay, Tremay, yeah. Right. Morgs sucks. Yeah, he does. Suck. David Simon, come on, you're better than that guy. It's like he's it's like Morgs is tremolo on his base. I thought it had something <laughs> to do. I thought it had something to do with hairdressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tresemme. <laughs> oh, so good. Anyway, uh, he was in Doctor Detroit in '83, and then Doctor Doctor Detroit. And then uh, into trading places as Lewis. Do you guys, do you guys remember a film called The Fish That Ate Pittsburgh? No, mate. Don't recall it. Well, check it out. Yeah, I, it was. it's one of those films that when we were attackers and I couldn't sleep, I'd get up and flick it onto Channel 9. We had four channels, of course, so there wasn't much, uh, much variety. But for whatever reason, on multiple occasions, I'd flick it on past midnight and this Fish That Ate Pittsburgh movie was on and it just it stayed with me for uh, at our youth. But it has absolutely nothing to do with the topic I just thought of. Excellent. Yeah, thanks. I wonder if we'll keep that in. Oh, we're keeping it in. We need people. We need people to see the real fucking Dan, and there it is. What a segue! See people, watchers, see what we fucking put up with. Uh, that's it. Anyway, trading places. Lewis Winthorpe the Third, favorite of Sloane Nixon's that movie. It's a good Great movie. movie. Yes. It is a cracking. Jamie Lee Curtis is a fifteen out of ten in that movie. Yeah, yeah good sort. Great sort. Yeah, then into Ghostbusters, Spies Like Us. <laughs> that's with Chevy Chase. Yes, yeah. played Austin Milbarge. Had some great names in movies. <laughs> he did actually. Dragnet played Friday in Dragnet. Yeah, My stepmother's an alien. Ghostbuster Two, Driving Miss Daisy played Bully Worthen. My girl, Harry Saltonfus, yeah, ninety one. Dad, he's um sad, sad movie. He's Anna Chum Chumsley's dad or whatever, isn't he? Yes, I think. Yep. Um, did you like her in Veep? She it was it was good seeing her as a child actor, not falling completely off the radar. Oh, in Veep. Yeah, yeah, she's good. Yeah. yeah, she's good. Mm. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> How good a sort is uh, Elaine? I can't think of her yeah, name. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah. Oh my god, she's like sixty-five. Yeah, she's, she's a great son. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah, fit mm. Do you know? Do you know? Are you? I think you've <laughs> fit as fit as you like that. <laughs> fit as bro. <laughs> fit as bro. <laughs> she's really fit. Oh, you're fit, but my gosh, don't you know it? Yeah, I think you've gotten to, you might have missed him as a cameo in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. He's the guy who helps put Indy and, what's the bird's name? Uh, Steven Spielberg's wife. What's her name in the bloody Oh, Kate Capshaw. Sure, but what's her name? I forget what her name is in the movie. But uh, puts puts them on the plane, and then the doors close, and it's like uh, that's Dan Aykroyd, Lao Shea. 
Lausche, and it's that's Dan Aykroyd. That's okay. like the the comment. The, the no the, more parachute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. <laughs> that's short, short round. round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, he's also in Sneakers in 92. That's a good movie too, Rob Redford. Yep. It is. I haven't seen that for a while. It's a great movie. I actually, I think I watched that about a year ago. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, he's in Chaplin, Coneheads, big role in Coneheads. It's a, it's a bad movie though. Yeah. Did pretty well though, didn't it? Yeah. I think- so Coneheads was a, that was a sketch yes. on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. yeah. It didn't, it didn't translate to two hours. No. So, no. no. Uh, in Tommy Boy with Chris Farley in 95, Sergeant Bilko. Pearl Harbor, 2001. You're only at 95? Fucking hell. He doesn't do much. He doesn't do much after that. Then he's in 51st. He went and made that sick vodka, the Skull Vodka, and just he he turned into a multi-bazillionaire. Yeah, Yeah. and he's Canadian, so he doesn't really care. But he's amazing in in 51st Dates. He plays Drew Barrymore's dad. Oh, yes. no, 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 he doesn't. No, he's no, the he doctor. Plays the doctor. He's the That's doctor. Right. Plays the doctor and he's having the back and forth with Sean Astin about the yeah. steroids. Yeah, that the steroids. Yeah, it's yeah. really funny. And then, yeah, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Awful. Haven't Awful. Seen that it. Was a, wasn't that a ripoff of um, – oh, It's it's Sam another, and um, Kevin James, I think. It's it is. Right. That's what it is. Awful. The Feynman, Awful. I think. All, it's awful. I watch like oh, no, I'm, four I'm, minutes. I'm thinking of Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie – Newmar, Jimmy which Newmar. is a rip-off of uh, the Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Yeah, that's Patrick Swayze. Yeah. She like and uh, Wesley Snipes. Through my trees. <laughs> she has a night. It's not a close to me. <laughs> Can't look in her eyes. She's out of my league. Just, Just a, a fool, fool, to fool to believe. I have anything uh-huh. she needs. She's like the wind. She's like the wind. <laughs> oh, rest anyway. in peace, Patrick Spicy. What a boss. Yeah. All right, back to that. He's also, he wrote, we talked about that he's a writer. He wrote the Blues Brothers. He wrote Coneheads, obviously coming out of the sketch from Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, Spies Like Us, Dragnet, and Blues Brothers 2000. His original idea for Ghostbusters was set in the future, whereas an army of Ghostbusters fought hordes of different ghosts. Yeah. Which thankfully got the and Ecto One was a uh, spaceship. Yeah. Yep. But uh, here's here's a fact for you: him and John Belushi were supposed to play the lead roles in an American Werewolf in London. Oh no shit! Yep. Wow. Yep. But Saturday Night Live said no. Nah, pulled the pin on you them. You know what? It's a di- it's a different movie with them. I, I don't think it, I don't think it works. Oh, you well, do, yeah, you don't. Do you? I don't think it works. Yeah. A little old lady got me a little late last night. Best lyric in the whole of pop music. <laughs> yeah, good. But, Warren Zevon, Werewolves of London. Uh, Werewolves of London. Okay, good one. Is he on the second bottle? No, he's, no, but he's willing the first. first. He's willing not... the first. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, they wanted to use new faces in the end, so those two were up for it, which would have been a very different movie, and that's a cracking movie. So still on Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, we're, we're... like an hour and, um, and one for Whitey. This is, we're getting to one degree here. He was considered for the Michael Douglas's role in Fatal Attraction. Oh, it's one to go. Well, maybe we're doing one degree of Fatal Attraction. We don't need to because it's already so it's just, there. Yeah. Just for the listeners because it's topical. So you went and saw Ghostbusters seven times at the cinema. How many times did you see Fatal Attraction? I saw Fatal Attraction once at the cinema. As a, in 1987 as yes. a 10-year-old. A 12-year-old in 87. Yeah, 12-year-old. Right, okay. yeah. And there was right. quite a few people in the cinema. There was, it, was like, it was like a half-full cinema. 
and I was in there on my Neville watching Fail Attraction. <laughs> What 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 excited you was it what about the poster which which bit Oh the, no well I think no. it was just like I just like going to see movies in the school holidays like I you know I was Scott no mates back when I was 12 because you know I, you I, made them you made them eat white dog shit <laughs> That's it I had ostracized myself you know I was he, blue and ostracized like in he went and did that then he just got the bus down to do, down to Brookie I did then I get on the bus to do yeah and I some people walk to Brookie and other people get the bus to Brookie and uh, I'd get the bus to Brookie and see my mum at work in Old Pitwater Road, and I'd go through the factories and four dollar fifty ticket. It's fair to say Colleen's implicated in this, so no, um, for sure, it's poor parenting yeah. on her behalf. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't listen, so I can say she was a shit mum. <laughs> All her fault. <laughs> Dan Ocker was also considered for the role of Alan Parrish in Jumanji that went to Robin Williams. Ah, okay, yeah. What are you laughing at? Me? I don't know what he's laughing at. <laughs> There's no way to explain this on a podcast, so I'll just laugh to myself. All right, next up is Sigourney Weaver. Now, we went through Sigourney Weaver's yeah, not backlog last, last week. week. Back yeah. catalog, yeah. So I don't know if we need to go through it all Probably again. Not. We can leave that. We love Sigourney. Suffice to say, she's great. She's been in Ghostbusters. She's been in Aliens. Shit runner. Yeah. Yep. Terrible runner. Great actress. Yep. Do you oh. think it was? Uh, do you think it was a, a weird choice as the lumpy love interest though? Because she was what coming off what's this eighty four? So she's done Alien. She done Eyewitness. What, she dangerously, and then into and then into Ghostbusters. Basically, yeah. I wouldn't call her like it. it I don't know. It, it seems a strange choice. She's not, I think she's excellent in the movie, but she's not. She's. I don't know. As a love interest. There were, must have been a lot of actor actors oh, for sure. uh, that were were clamoring for this role, and it just seems a bit of a strange one. I, she, I, I think so. I, I think she's, she's probably one of my favorite act, female actors uh, from. And we all know that probably my favorite movie she's the the, the lead in. So uh, I just thought this one, looking back at it, was like, oh, okay, it's, it's, that's different. Yeah, I think I think she's she fits the role because she's a. She's educated. She's a musician. She's you know a bit hoity-toity. I think she actually fits the role, and she's actually quite strikingly beautiful. There was one scene today. Oh, I was watching it tonight where she's trying to sneak past the door of um, Rick Moranis when yeah. he's having the party, and I just I saw her in that light and in that sort of scene there. I was like, yeah, she's really quite strikingly beautiful. And there's some other times where you sort of go, oh, I don't see it, but I agree more. It's, it's a bit odd. She's she's, a, she's an odd she's cast. She's such a strong character in other films. Yes, like, iconic role. But Alien, obviously, seventy eight, and and the moving through, and Aliens, of course, and all the the rest of the Alien movies, which tape it off a little bit, unfortunately. But yeah, she's like a, a Ridley Scott. Obviously, made her a uh, a gender bending lead action hero, which was uh, gender bending is the wrong term, but made it instead of the a um, an action hero at the time, it was a female lead yeah, sure. action hero, which is which was very different at the time. So yeah, for me it was looking back at it now, going, okay, that was thinking about the casting and thinking when I'm in the casting, I don't know that I would have come up with the same choice. Yeah, I can't I can't I can't disagree with you, Dan. I really can't. Yet again, she was considered for the role of Alex Forrest in Fatal Attraction Whitey. Oh Glenn really? Close's role, yep. Right. Oh, see, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. She was also also considered for the role of Ellie Sattler in Jurassic Park, which went to Laura Dern. Oh, the second most knock kneed actor. On, I, I actually, on the, yeah, I, I remember. I actually think the movie. 
yeah, I do remember that. Oh, but you I, can't unsee it once once I've once I've enlightened you. You just watch every role and see. I actually slapping together. I actually think Jurassic Park's better with Sigourney Weaver in it. The, instead of Laura Dern, I think Sigourney Weaver would be, make the movie better. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on to Harold Ramis. Got his start as in comedy as Playboy's magazine joke editor and reviewer. Uh, then started. What a job. Yeah. What yeah, a fucking good. job. That's, oh, How do you get article. that job? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's it. He's that's lucked into that one. Do you work at the mansion if you're the if you're like, do all the editorial <laughs> stuff? Work in the grotto, like just take their lappies down uh, or take their desk down. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's essentially you're the trough boy in the in the mansion. Oh, I reckon oh, that's no, what his role would be. Could you imagine boy. Harold Ramis as the trough boy? You could. I can. I can see it. R.I.P. And mate, you're a legend, but yeah. I could see you as a trough boy. I'm just picturing John Belushi and John Candy just going to town <laughs> on him as the trough boy. <laughs> Probably a bit of dire. Oh, definitely from Candy. Definitely from Candy. There's not much fibre in that diet. I'm t- he's DEFCON three and a half, 26 oh, yeah. hours a day, John Candy. He's eight seconds <laughs> from shooting himself every minute of the day. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Continue. Another legend, RIP. Right. Oh, yeah. so he was also in Second City, SCTV, with John Belushi, Gilda Radner, and Bill Murray. And by 76, he was a head writer. And that, regular. Was, that was in Chicago. So there were a lot of a lot of contemporary actors came out of that as well. So it's, it's quite a famous uh, improv and, and, um, and, and performance troupe. So very well-renowned. Uh, by 76, he was a head writer in uh, SCTV. And his Hollywood debut came when he collaborated on the script for Animal House. Which was produced by Ivan Reitman. Louie, Louie. Oh. It is different. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Louie, Louie. I watched it on Animal House recently. It's so good. Still hold up. I haven't watched it for probably yeah. 20 it years. Holds up. Holds yeah. up. I watched it a while ago. Yeah. It's not okay. a movie. Right. Yeah. There's no, no. No flat spots. Karen Allen is quite quite good uh, as the as the kind of wet blanket girlfriend, but she's excellent. Yeah, really, really good flick. We should do that on the pod. That's uh, that's yeah, we can do that. Yeah, somewhere we'll do that for sure. Knuckleheads would enjoy. So anyway, look, very similar career. Stripes, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters two, Groundhog Day, Airheads in eight ninety four. As good as it gets. He was Doctor Betts in As Good as It Gets. Yeah, with Jack Nicholson yeah, yeah, yeah. and Helen yep. Hunt. Yep, he was in Knocked Up. He, yeah, he played Seth Rosen's dad. Yeah, yeah, that was really yeah. good. He was I in like smoking weed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Mm. He was in Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah. But yeah, you know, his writing credits include Animal House, Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters. Back to school. He wrote Back wow. to School. Back wow. to School. Rodney Dangerfield. Movies, yeah. Yeah. Armed and Dangerous with John yeah, Candy. John Candy. Yeah. Caddyshack Two, Ghostbusters oh. Two, Groundhog Day. He wrote. And he wrote Analyze. Whoa. He did a screenplay for Analyze This. Wow. Which is De Niro. Prolific, yeah. As a as a writer, I I dips my lid to uh our fallen comrade there, Harold Ramis. So well played, young man. But yeah, he uh him and Bill Murray actually fell out during Groundhog Day. They did, yes. Um and then differing views on wasn't the film. Bill Murray and... was a cock though, wasn't he? Bill Murray yeah, was, Bill Murray was, was a on like a pork chop. Yeah. 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 On the set of Ghostbusters, I think it was Dan Aykroyd. Called him Murricane because of his mood swings, massive mood swings. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Harold Ramis just had enough on Groundhog Day and then yeah. they just didn't talk for, well, up until when Harold Ramis died. 
Yeah, I well, they, on they his deathbed. They spoke, he spoke before he died. That would, have been, the that would have been a tough, tough, tough shoot, though, Groundhog Day, as an actor trying to yeah. stay in character for the multiple takes. Like, that would have been hell. Yeah. And plus learning all those skills. Like, how do you learn to, like, ice sculpt? That would be really difficult. <laughs> play the piano. Yeah, play it, mate. He, he was under the pump. He's method. Uh, Andy McDowell, that's interesting. How old? She'd be similar age to Sigourney. She could have. Almost been um, Dana Barrett in Ghostbusters. She's probably a bit younger than Sigourney. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like, like Kim, ten years, ten years before her, wouldn't she? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe not ten maybe, years, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. I'm thinking Andy McDowell in Four Weddings and a Funeral. So that's, that's sort of when she hit the. Yeah. She, that's when she hit the big time. Yeah, her daughter. You know, her daughter's the uh, girl that is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That yeah. That offers yeah. to give oh, Red Pitt really? the blowy in the car. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Andy McDowell's daughter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's also in the the Nice Guys. Yeah, she's the girl in the Nice Guys. Yeah. Yeah, she's gorgeous. So Rick Moranis began his career as a radio DJ while he was still at high school, and then he started writing and producing his own show. Then he was in SCTV as well, Second City TV, which they all came out of. Uh, won an Emmy for his character in there called Bob McKenzie. Now, uh, I don't, I don't know that. That's quite famous. No, I never. He was in Canada, yeah. So he's a Barry's brother. Yeah, but uh, the character he played in Ghostbusters, Lewis Tully, was based on a similar character he played back in back in those days. But he he was in the movie Strange Brew. That was his first movie. Uh, Ghostbusters, Brewster's Millions. Yeah, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, Little Shop of Horrors again. Seymour yeah. Seymour yeah. Krellborn. Spaceballs, obviously. Suddenly uh, Seymour. Suddenly Seymour. Standing beside me. Standing beside <laughs> you. Ah, oh, good times. He's a uh, dark helmet in Spaceballs. Yeah. <laughs> One of the great. Good, good movie. One of the great. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> Oh, it's a great Mel movie. Brooks. Oh, oh, Mel Brooks, hats off. One of the greats. Yeah. But um, really, really famous movie, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which probably put him massively in the limelight. He was in Parenthood and the Flintstones. Yeah. Arnie Rubble. Arnie Rubble. Should do Parenthood on this. It's, that's a good flick. Yeah. And he also did like Honey, I Shrunk. Yeah, there was a friend. He did all of them. There's a franchise, like five yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. I watched I watched the first couple with uh, Isabel about six months ago. She loved them. You would have made a made a bit of freight off those. No, he stuff. hasn't acted for ages. No, he, he gave yeah. it away. In 91, his wife passed away. Yeah, that's right. And then he pretty much retired from Hollywood. He had two kids and yeah. then just grew disenchanted with it all and, and moved away. But he still did a lot of voiceover stuff. He did Brother Bear. He's done quite a lot of stuff yeah. in voiceovers, but not acted yeah. for a long, long time now. Another, uh, but, another father of the year, like us. Exactly. That character, Lewis Tully, was actually written for John Candy. Oh. Yeah. Which I think, look, I think that he's really good in this movie. It'll be Rick a big Moranis. dog. It'll be a big dog <laughs> if it was John Candy, right? Look, I think John Candy would have done really well in this role. I think yeah, I think he would have handled disagree. it. It would be a great role for him. I do really like Rick Moranis in this role. It's just, he's just so good. that The lines that he has, and a lot of that is ad-libbed. Yeah. And, it's, and the whole thing in the apartment when they have the party, Mate, a lot of that is ad-libbed. When, when he says the guy comes in and goes, yeah, this guy. Introduction. Like, yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's just gone into bankruptcy. And <laughs> he's like, he's their fucking accountant. She's in receivership. He's like, shut up. He's just giving away all the secrets. Yeah. It's the best. But apparently, yeah, all of that, all the salmon. How good's the salmon? And then oh, we should dance. God. Yeah, so that's all about it. But yeah, I think I thought that role was great. Hey, he's very good in it. Goobs. 
If you're listening, can you please explain to us why a salmon is a big ass? We can't. I, I've looked everywhere and I cannot for the life of me find out how you get to it. Oh, what about the salmon on that? It just like write in uh, born to watch at myspace dot blah, blah, blah. Uh, let us know why it's called a salmon. Thank you, Dan. Public service announcement. <laughs> Sliding Doors was cast as Phil in City Slickers in 91. Oh, that role went to Daniel oh, which Stern. Which one was Phil? Daniel Stern. Oh, Daniel, Stern he's, right? he's, Daniel Stern is outstanding. Outstanding. He knocks up Yardley Smith. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. And Bruno Kirby's in Bruno it as Kirby, well. Yeah. With, uh, Bruno yeah. Kirby's yeah, he's good. He's, he's, really he's really good. Really good. Yeah, but that's when his wife became ill, so he chose to pull out of the movie. So Daniel Stern replaced him in that role. Ah, right. Next up, we got Annie Potts. She's good. Is yep. that is that Janine? That's Janine. Janine. Yeah. yeah. He's really good. Yeah. yeah. First movie was called Corvette Summer with Mark Hamill in 78. But uh, she was in, in Ghostbusters, Crimes of Passion, Pretty in Pink in 86, Jumpin' Jack Flash. So Corvette Summer is the movie that Hamill filmed after Star Wars. And then he was in a car crash. I oh, think maybe while filming that yeah. movie or not long after that movie, which is why they had to do the scene in Empire Strikes Back where he gets hit by the Wampa because he had a massive scar on his face. They oh, nearly couldn't be in Empire really? Strikes Back, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Nice work. You're bringing the heat. Yeah, I try. I've got to live up to you, yeah, it's hard. Just step back. Do <laughs> my lane. So back in the back box. <laughs> back in the box. What else? She was in Who's Harry Crumb? Was in Designing Women? Designing Women. I'm going to say she's in Designing Women. Yeah. We're going, we're going to go here again. She was up for Alex Forrest in Fatal Attraction. Wow. She was as well. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have there. Nah. She dropped out, dropped out look... as a star in Designing Women. Yeah. That was a show. massive show. Massive show. In the yeah, 80s, massive Designing show. Women. Yeah. So she missed out on that role too. She's a good sort, Annie Potts. She could have done it. Yeah. Oh, she could have, she's probably not psycho enough like Cling Close no. for Fatal Attraction. I don't know if she to could play have Alex. I did, I did like in that movie. It's the curly hair. Got to be careful of the curly hair. The the other Ghostbusters, role. what do you want? Yeah, she's very yeah, that's good. It. She's very good. Oh, she's got some good lines in the movie. I didn't know this, and I didn't think about it. Have you guys seen Young Sheldon? You know the uh, spin off yeah, a little bit. Seen a little bit, and obviously Mima is the you know, that's his grandmother. Yeah, that's Annie Potts in the show. Really? Yeah, in Young Sheldon. In Young Sheldon, and I didn't realize that. I've yeah. watched that show a few times. It's been on, and I thought I, I didn't recognize. Obviously, okay. it's been a long time. Yeah. Next up, Ernie Hudson. Coming off his starring role in, uh, no, preceding his starring role in Roadhouse. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Mate, he was in a movie, his start movie was a movie called Lead Belly. He played a character called Archie in 86. And then fair bit of jobbing before he was in the main event. Um, sorry, he was in the main event earlier than that with Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand in 1979. He didn't do much Ernie Hudson, to be honest. No, he was in Two of a Kind with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, eighty-three. What about how? What about how Al from uh, Die Hard was actually a New York City cop before he moved over to the LAPD? He was because he was the he's the guard when they're all in jail in Ghostbusters. Yeah, a little bit typecast, poor old Al. But he's also in New York City as a limo driver in Crocodile Dundee. That's right. Yeah. It's the boomerang from the back of the limo. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Original Vel Johnson. Yeah. How good. He's a, he's a legend. But uh, he was in Leviathan, uh, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, The Crow. Oh, Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Miss Congeniality. 
He was in. He was the warden, Leo Glenn in Oz. Yes, it's yeah. a great show. Yeah. Ninety-seven. Oz and then look, he had a, he had a later role in two thousand and seven. He started Jackson Jones and oh, JJ. I know that Morgs, you said that some of your some of your movies are in pre pre production, but yeah. is this one you wrote? He's Jackson Jones in a movie called All Hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely I've got a I've got a script sitting in my top drawer that's about uh, about a guy that wears sick hats. So yeah, <laughs> definitely definitely could be uh, could could be part of that one. Yeah, but that role was is that to listen to this? You're gonna go and listen to this about that role. That role was written for Eddie Murphy. Yes. And it was gonna be a much bigger role. Yep. And there was a whole backstory to it about him being he was gonna be in it from the special start. ops and yeah, things he was like that. Be in it from the start. And then when Eddie Murphy pulled out to film eighty four. Oh, it was Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. Um then he, they they took it down. So I don't think Ernie Hudson was too And he twice only happy in a third that. of the movie. Yeah, and he wasn't real yeah. happy with that. Yeah. Uh, next up, your favourite whitey, Bill Atherton. Oh, God, I hate Bill Atherton. Two of the biggest dicks in the 1980s he plays. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Which one's the worst? We'll get to that. It's hard. Yeah. It's it's really difficult, but we'll get to it. But, uh, yeah, he was in – look, he was the leading role in Steven Spielberg's debut feature, The Sugarland Express, so, yeah, 74. Yeah, and apparently he did really well that. He was also in another classic – I know what it is. Movie. What is it? Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Walter Peck in Ghostbusters. He's in No Mercy with Richard Gere in 86. Oh. And then into Die Hard, his other terrible Dick human Thornburg. role. Yeah, Dick Thornburg. What a wanker. Played Bob Gaminski in The Pelican Brief and was in The Last Samurai as well. Oh, really? He would play some uh, you know, colonial wanker. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So which one was he worse in, in this or not? Or do you this. want to hold that? Do you want to hold He's that worth, on? No, I, I, we're going to get, we're going to get, we'll get to him in questions. All right. All right. We'll get to him in questions, which is coming okay. shortly. Now we've touched on the director of this, Ivan Reitman, but here's, here's a little synopsis of his movies. Meatball, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Legal Eagles, Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnie. That's sorry. When I talked about Kindergarten Cop having a sequel later, I met Twins. Sorry about that. Wonder watches. I wasn't a I huge fan of Twins, to be honest. I didn't think it was that good. I drink too much. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Uh, ki- well, speaking of Kindergarten Cop, he directed and wrote that as well. Yeah. Great movie, Kindergarten he was. He wrote Dave, Six Days, Seven Nights, Evolution, and Dr- Dave's Dave. underrated. Yeah. Dave's really good. Six Days and Seven Nights is fucking heinous. It should be struck off yeah. the off the record. Is that Epson, is that um... Epson, Four Day and Hash? They crash the plane and they're on the oh, desert island yeah. and oh, it's, it's just horrible. Yeah. But um, Draft Day, good flick. Love Draft Day. Awesome flick. Love Draft yeah. Day. You guys are fuckwits. Draft Day is terrible. Love Draft Day, Dan. I, I, uh, I like really, sports really movies. Like that movie. I really like sports movies, but that one is particularly shit ass. Love it. I thought it gave you a really good it's glimpse good. of how it's it really works. Good. and yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. But uh, look, Ivan Reitman was actually the voice of Zool in the Ghostbuster films. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And uh, passed away earlier this year. Yeah. His son directed uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ah, did he? Yeah. Nice. And he was was around on set to help, sort of direct and help him. So it was really cool. Okay. Passing of the the torch. Nice. Well, let's get into the gross now. So this movie grossed $295.5 million. Blockbuster. On a budget of $30 Opening weekend did thirteen and a half million. 
Mm. So let's look at that in other 84 movies. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was number one with $333 million. Great movie. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop came in second, 316, Ghostbusters in third. Do you know but, what's good, though, is that two out of the top three original properties doesn't happen anymore. No. Right. But they didn't win all the awards. I mean, Armadeus won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor. Sally Field was Best Actress, Places in the Heart, and Best Screenplay. Armadeus won eight awards. Uh, Killing Fields won A Passage to India. Dangerous Moves. Purple Rain. Oh, mate, Prince. Vanity. Vanity's stunning in that movie. But uh, Gremlins was out that year. Karate Kid. Romancing the Stone. Romancing the Stone's a great movie. Police Academy. Footloose. The Terminator. Good year. Yeah, there's a lot of good movies. Yeah. At the Natural. It's funny, Dan, because like, we were when we were talking about the podcast at the very start when we discussed about what we we're going to sort of do and we talked about 1986 as being the best year in cinema, there's some pretty freaking good years around it as well, isn't yeah. there? 84 is big. 86 yeah. is big, though. 86. 87 yeah. big. Mate, they're all big. Yeah, I reckon in every the, year. There's a lot. From yeah. Every year of the 80s, you can almost, there's an argument, and we might actually do an episode on that. The, you know, every year in the 80s is an argument for the greatest year of all time. Yeah, we could go through the movies. Yeah. Certainly could. But uh, 84, you know, we are running around playing a lot of arcade games back then. Definitely. Down the servo, down the BP. And Green Beret. Yeah. Green Beret would have been all over the oh, he, Here's some ones that came out in 84. Super Punch-Out. Oh, I was playing that at your place the other week because you've got yeah, it on I've your got it on, my, on, yeah. the, on the game. It's great, so good. Great boxing game. 1942 came out. Bomb Jack. Frogger. Hypersport. Do you remember Hypersport? It's one of my favourite games of all time. You used to get the um, the, the film the, canister. The, yeah, the film The lid. film would come in and you'd put yeah. it on your fingers and, you, and you'd, Yeah, you can't see. It. What we're doing, you can't tell because it's not a physical and you're not seeing us on video. Anybody that's ever played that game. But anyone that's played hypersports knows that you 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 slide your fingers over the buttons to run faster. Fizz the button. You fizz the button. Fizzing like Kristen's old button. Gal's <laughs> <laughs> gone. Karateka. Oh, I had it on the Apple too, see? Yeah. Karateka. Yeah. And Kung Fu Master. That's another good one. You had to, you had to hit all the yep. all the porcelain pots and things like that. Yep. But uh Arguably the biggest game that came out that year, and this is going to be controversial because someone here thinks they own it, Tetris. You can't point at yourself, mate. 166 lines will never be beaten. You're yeah. the only person that's ever seen that, mate. He's, you know what it is? He's seen it. Do you know who he is? Yep. He's Ant-Man in a fight. <laughs> Ant-Man in the, in the Dunnies. I just bashed a guy behind the Dunnies. Where is he? I don't know. He's run off. But there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have any ripped clothes. Your knuckles are sweet. No, I bashed him. That's you on Tetris, right? That is you on Tetris. 166 lines. I can't believe you doubt me. I'm the Tetris master. It's just outright lies. There, I said my piece. How's your mum? <laughs> What's that from, Whitey? God, I don't know what that's from. You don't know where that's from? No. Jerry Maguire. Oh, the old uh, swing and dick doesn't know. No, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Top albums. What do you reckon? 84. Oh. Thriller? Top songs. Top songs anyway. Thriller? That's no, year before 83. Year before 83. Oh, well, Footloose? Yep. Yes. Sorry. Van, Footloose, Van, yes. Van Island, 84. Jump. Jump. Yep. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
Hello. Oh, Lionel. Oh, is it oh, me oh, looking for? Nice. Uh, but the top one was Prince. Dude, Purple Rain. Oh, Party Like It's 1999. No. When the doves when cry. cry. Oh. Yeah. Like the greatest, greatest <laughs> ever Prince song. Tina Turner. I embraced in kiss. Animals strike curious poses. Okay, you feel the heat, the heat between me and how can we just keep standing alone in a world that's so cold? So cold. Maybe I'm just too, too demanding. demanding. Maybe I'm just like mother too bold. Maybe I'm just like my father, <laughs> mother. You never said this. Why can't we scream at each other? This is what it sounds like when, when the doves, doves cry. cry. I reckon I got forty percent of the words right in that. Yeah, but that's yeah, all right. The, that's all right. The feeling feeling was there. Yeah. Tina Turner. Which one, boys? Uh, Come on. It's not simply the best. Nope. No. There's another one. I don't know. I'm going to blow up when you tell me. What's love got oh, to do with it, mate? Uh, to do with it. That, mo- that song was massive. Huge. Yeah. Good movie, too. The bot was uh, Bruce Springsteen was 1984, wasn't he? With Born in the USA. Was that 84? Was that 84? Baby, was born in the Bang, bang, bang. had Dancing in the Dark in 84. Yeah. I get up in the morning. But um, just some just some other crackers, <laughs> some other crackers. I just called to say I love you, Stevie Wonder. Oh, I just called to say I love you. Yeah, that's he, here's one for you to sing, Morgs. Yeah, Thompson, Thompson twins. Oh, shout. oh, no, hold me now. Oh. That's tears for fears. Oh, too. Hold me now. Hold me in your arms. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Stay with me. Oh, won't you stay with me? Wait <laughs> a minute. Was, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, must have done something in 84 as well. Yeah, what about, what about, hey, you, get into my get, car. You admit that's 85, Billy Ocean. Oh, yeah. God. Is there any Billy Ocean? Garbin mm. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Sharon, the Sam dreams. Oh, hit the notes. <laughs> um, yeah, we're in, we're in different keys, but that's all right. That's all right. All right. That's Duran Duran. Oh, Which yeah. One? Was what? it Rio? Or... V- View to a kill. The reflex. Hungry lo- oh. Hungry lo- oh. oh, reflex. Back, 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 back. Do you know what I was explaining to our friend M Head the other day? He didn't know what Frankie Goes to Hollywood Relax was about. Relax, don't do it when you want to do it. Relax, don't do it when you want to come. When you want to come. Your words are better. (laughs) That's the words. Is it? Let's move on. Well done, Gal. You've crushed it again. It's time for question time. We're finally there. 
we're through, we're through the first 10% of the podcast and we're an hour in. Okay, question time. And we, we touched on this briefly before. What is the fucking go with Walter Peck? Is he the biggest dickhead ever in movies? Now, he plays two of the worst people in, in the 80s in cinema. Who's worse, Walter Peck or Dick Thornburg? Wait, before we go there, I just want to – yeah, I got those lyrics right. So relax, <laughs> don't do it when you want to go to it. Relax, don't do it when you want to come. Relax, don't do it when you want to suck a chew it. Relax, don't do it when you want to come. Down, down, down. Yeah. Okay, so Walter Peck, Dick Thornburg, who's the biggest dickhead, and is Walter Peck the biggest dickhead in movies? He's pretty bad. He's got a lot of clout in this movie too. He just comes in and says, I want to see it, and then comes back and says, shut it down. Yeah, I don't understand understand where he gets his power from. Well, he's got his his warrant or whatever he's got. He's excellent. He is is, is excellent in this movie. Like, he brings a whole heap of rage. He's an absolutely necessary character to to have that. Oh, 100% So Yeah. I think he's fantastic. I mean, but it it sounds like he struggled with it his whole life afterwards because people used to abuse the shit out of him in the street because uh, a lot of uh, our American friends can't tell the difference between acting and (laughs) not acting. So... Yeah, shout out to Star okay. Wars Okay, so are we saying oh, I'm saying yes, I think I think he's the biggest dickhead. He's the worst. Yeah. Hate him. He's yeah. he's worse than his character in Die Hard for sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, so next question. Is Peter Venkman just a shonky secondhand car salesman? Yes. Doesn't yes. doesn't do well. Like what about at the start when he's just rigging the card game? Yeah. It's, it's, so oh, bad. it's the best. It's so bad, isn't it? Like, it's so good. Just, who, so who, shit, the, who is the, the 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 female actor that is the college student that in that scene? She's has a very familiar face. Yeah, Her name's Jenny Runyon. She's not been in a heap of stuff. No, she's been in she's been in a couple of things. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, she just looks like the quintessential eighties dream girl. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, you've probably just seen it because you've seen the movie a hundred times. But must be it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we agree. Yeah, he's dodgy. Yeah, it's. There's not a lot of substance to that character, and it sounds like Bill Murray ad-libbed a ton of his lines as well. He did. So, a lot of it yeah. was ad-libbed. A lot but, of it was ad-libbed. Uh, he's, he's very it good, was, Really good. Yeah. There's not, a, not, a, not a, a huge different shade to that performance to a lot of other Bill Murray movies. He, does, he doesn't really take no for, for, an, for an answer, does he? No, he doesn't. No. Yeah. But does Bill Murray play Bill Murray? Is he, is he, Tom, is he like Tom Cruise? I would think in a lot of his early movies he's like that. Yeah. Apart from Carl Spackler. Yeah, but he's just an extreme version of Bill Murray, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But he's it's interesting because I we, we mentioned this before the show and I, I've been thinking about it. Like, if you look at his roles, all his Wes Anderson characters, that that's not Bill Murray. Like, he's definitely there, there's some excellent. He, he definitely puts a lot more into character than you would see in this. I think that there's probably two styles of Bill Murray movie, one where he just plays Bill Murray and one where he actually gets involved in the character. But uh, Lost in Translation being a very, very special movie to, uh, to to me, I think that, yeah, it's hard for me to say that he's a shit actor, but uh, there's yeah. definitely two. Well, I don't think two, he's a shit actor. It's definitely two, a cracking two styles. movie. Mm. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay, last question. Is the theme song by Ray Parker Jr. 
the greatest movie theme song of all time. Now, here's a couple to compare with. Yep. That's what we need. Okay. She's like the wind. Yeah. Okay. Come on. She's over okay. Jamaica. Okay. Ooh, I want to take you to Bermuda, Bahamas. Okay. What so the? there's Kokomo. There's She's Like the Wind. There's also um, I've Had the Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing. There's Slice of Heaven from Foot Rock Flats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and you know when I saw Slice of Heaven? I saw Slice of Heaven. It was on the cinema screen before I saw Fatal Attraction. I saw the... Film clip for Slice of Heaven before I saw Fatal Attraction. It was a preview for Foot, for Foot Rot Flats, the movie. Oh. I can tell you where I watched Ghostbusters, but I know I saw Foot Rot Flats in Manly Warringah Rugby League Club because wow. my nan used to take us down. We used to go to French's Forest and get the bus down, and she'd take us to the midday movie, and it was Foot Rot Flats nice. up, in the, up in the foyer. Up in there. the auditorium the where auditorium, we saw Midnight sorry, Oil. Yeah. Yes, up yeah. there. Stole a lot of piss from that yeah. joint. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think you can. I think it's Dave Dobbin. I don't think. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Danger uh, Zone. Top Gun. Oh, Danger Zone. Kenny Loggins. Yeah. All right. Caddyshack. I will always love you. Bodyguard. Staying alive. Saturday Night Fever. Mm, big one. And one that's more modern. Lose yourself. Eight Mile. Yeah. Good song. Love that song. I don't know. Like most successful. Ray. That Ghostbusters song must be. Close to the most. I think it's got to be the most. What's the most ubiquitous for our life, though? I I think you would. It'd be hard to argue against Slice of Heaven, Dave Dobbin. Like, I agree, it's probably not the most famous globally, but for us, the da 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 is pretty. uh, It's it's pretty central to our uh, our lives. It's the third greatest thing to come out of New Zealand. Slice of Heaven. What's the first two? Yeah, I don't know them because you never know the first two things. So it's got to be the third best thing to ever come out of New Zealand. Um, New Zealand, New Zealand is the easiest flag to gather when you're a young buck traveling around the world. Yeah. All right. So finally, we've made it. You just literally you tap them on the head and their undies fall off. Oh no, I've got a travel story. Yeah, yeah. probably not for this podcast. Probably not for this podcast. Anyway, we finally made it to the categories. The good, the bad, the ugly, where we talk about the good things that we liked about the movie, the stuff that we didn't like so much about the movie, and the things that are downright ugly. Morgs, we're going to start with you. What do you got for good, mate? I, I think Rick Moranis. I, when, in watching this, that, this film back, I was just struck by how brilliant he was in every scene that he's in. He's not in a lot, but uh, Lewis was just a, a very, very well-realised character and funny as balls. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed every scene that he was in. So, yeah, Rick Moranis for me was the surprise pack. And having not – probably haven't seen this film in, in its entirety in at least a decade and really enjoyed Rick Moranis's take on Lewis. So, uh, yeah, that's my that's yeah. my good. I, I agree, Morgs. I, I really liked his role in this movie when I rewatched it the other night. He's just so funny. His lines are so good. But for me, the my favourite or my good was the whole first scene when they go to the library. It's amazing. Just uh, when yeah. they in the whimsical music, the piano music, yeah. when they go downstairs and they talk to each other and then they go back and they have a conversation and they walk forward again. And just the way their chemistry is so good yeah. and then they get shushed and then they walk back around and then the ghost, you know, lights, you know, flicks the hair back and the lights come up. And I was, from that point, I remember just going, I'm in. I'm oh, into this movie. I, I remember yeah. every single seven times that I saw this movie, every single one of the seven times I saw it, when the ghost turns up and screams at them, the whole cinema shit themselves. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then the music yeah. comes on yeah. and then you're just like, you're invested. 
Yeah, yeah. and they're bolting down the uh, the the. We'll stairs. get back to you. Yeah, that was your plan. <laughs> get her. <laughs> like, uh, it's brilliant. It's yeah. a great start to the movie. It's so good. A symmetrical book stack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They thought about it on the spot. They thought about it on the spot. That was an uh, that was an Ivan Reitman. He goes, "Why don't we just stack the books in a, in a straight line?" But see, and you know, and Bill Murray gets all the good deadpan one-liners, but the other two are just so good because they're they're yeah. straight characters. Just yeah. the two they play are so good. Yeah, they are great. They are very good. That's a good call. Yeah, that that yeah. first scene is excellent. Well played. Yeah. Okay, um, uh, I've got a couple of quick ones. I think the cast in general is amazing. Everyone is so well cast. They're yep. brilliant. Uh, New York, and we'll get to New York later on in the podcast, but New York is amazing. Uh, the Firehouse is next level. Love it. Yeah. We'd love to own that Firehouse. It'd be amazing. Still Ec- there, I believe. Yeah, there's two. Well, we'll get to that in. I think okay. we'll get to that in. Listen to this. Yep. Ecto 1, and I've got a question here. Is it the greatest movie car of all time? Is you got the Batmobile, the Interceptor, Bonds, Aston Martin. There's been some iconic cars. I've got a model of the Ecto 1 at home. I think Mad cool. Max's uh, Interceptor yeah, I, I is, think is pretty the, hard I to think, go I think the Interceptor. Yeah. Luke Speeder for Star yeah, Wars. Yeah. I had one of those yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, I got one of them. They're very good. Uh, I also love the first meeting. Well, not the first meeting, but the first time Binkman goes to Dana Barrett's apartment. And he's walking around and he goes, there's nothing went in there. That's the bedroom. He goes, what a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is the best line in the movie. I love it every single time he's, he says He's got oh, the best what? lines in the whole movie. Uh, we'll get to that, but he's got yeah, the best. Oh, fuck, he's great. Uh, and then, and then my, probably my favorite part of the whole movie is once, they get, once the ghosts get uh, blown out by Peck, mm-hmm. the movie changes. And from then on, it is like a roller coaster to the end, and it's great. But when they get let out by when the mayor goes, well, what do you need from me? And then the saving the day music starts, and they're and they're driving, they're being in the motorcade, and they turn up, and it's like saving the day, and they get out and they're high fiving the yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I, I get tingles every time I watch. It. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. You know, go Ghostbusters, and the whole crowd's like Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. How, how good is that? I was watching that scene where the road uh, yeah. caves in and stuff. That was, I mean, it's obviously no CGI in that. That yeah. was that was very, very well done. Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, can but, I, but can I segue into please. the bad there? Have we Go done with good? Yeah, we're because, done with good because my bad is there. Um, and it's I noticed when I watched it when the crowd's there, and yeah, there's the one guy. All right, yeah. all right, <laughs> but. There's the Secret Service or whatever they are that are that yes. are standing there. Yeah. There's like five or six guys in matching long tan overcoats yes. and huge aviators and all talking their walkie-talkie at the same time. And it just looks so bad. Like it's like what you'd wear if you went to a party. Yeah. If you're going, I'm gonna go as a secret agent. Yeah. And I just I remember looking at the other night just going, Oh, it just looks out of place. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I can hear that. Just, I can see that. Yeah, once once I saw it, I was like, oh, they just look like they look like actors. They look like they've been stuck there. Yeah. What about you, Morgs? Got anything? Uh, yeah, I the what I found really confronting was the when Dana Barrett gets uh, she comes back to her apartment. She's sitting in the armchair, and the 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 arms come out and grab her. I yeah. thought that that was the the rest of the movie. It was kind of it was although it was it was made for adults. The movie, but it's been it's obviously quite kiddie friendly. But that was a really confronting scene, and the way that they did it, and obviously no CGI again, but it was just arms coming out and grabbing her. I was struck by as I was thinking, oh, I could probably show this movie to my kids, and I was like, oh no, 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 
my six-year-old would have nightmares for 10 years if she saw yeah. that. So it was, uh, yeah, I thought that that was, it was a little bit off tone for the movie. I don't know how else you'd do it. Like, obviously, she'd, that's a central part of the movie and the plot. But uh, it just seemed really full on watching it uh, Watching it back today. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got I've got one. Actually, I, I can't even talk about the effects because it's 1984 and for the time they were groundbreaking. But you can just yeah. m- pretty much when the dogs, the dog runs across the street chasing Lewis Tully. They That's, didn't quite get the the gait of the, the dog gait, right. Yeah, yes. I, yeah he's, it's arms and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. four yeah. legs and hind legs were not uh, yeah. not synced. Yeah, it's very harsh retrospect. But That's it is, it it is harsh very harsh. So, but my, the one thing that I noticed tonight was when they turn up in that uh, motorcade and they get out and there's all the the crowd there and there's people there with placards and it's like repent because you know God's coming. Hmm. The placards are all written by the same person. The handwriting is all <laughs> yeah. the same, and they are all spankingly brand new, right? Yeah, and that's where the, that's where the secret agent. So I reckon yeah. it's like they ran out of budget. Yeah. They went right. We'll yeah. just pull this together here. Yeah. But that, that's the only thing. I just sort of yeah. chuckled tonight. I go, oh well, there's a bad. But uh, I, I have nothing for ugly. I, no, I, not ugly. What about I've you, got one, Yeah, yep. one one thing. So, and it, it's more of my own personal take on this. But um, Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis as Dana and Lewis uh, when they come to inside like after after they've defeated Goza and they come to inside the burnt terracotta dogs and uh that they're stuck in there and they they're actually getting their hands to break out I would just die of claustrophobia like you wake up you kind of <laughs> where you are you're in inside a burnt terracotta dog thing like that was just uh, it makes me sick now like thinking about uh the claustrophobia of it like no sorry you would yeah. not survive Oh, it smells like burnt dog hair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so she's a dog. Yeah, look, I have nothing for ugly. In fact, I could almost say this movie is flawless for the time. I think it is. If I take, I think the uglies were picking on a pretty nitpicky. Of course, of course. This this is almost a perfect film. Let's go and listen to this. We'll start with you, Gal. You got anything for listen to this? I think we've been through. A lot of mine. I mean, I've got down here Lewis Tully at the party. It's all ad-libbed. So were all of Bill, Bill Murray's lines, the Slimer scenes yeah. referring to John Belushi. One here is the highest grossing comedy of all time. This was until Home Alone in 1990. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this is Columbia Pictures' highest grossing film of all time when it's adjusted for inflation. Yeah. It's a cracker. What about you, Morgs? You got anything? I like this uh... – there was a, a call of plagiarism on poor old Ray Parker Jr. on his Ghostbusters song. Uh, Huey Lewis and the News were actually asked to to write the song for the movie and, and declined. But then they got the shits because they thought that uh, Ghostbusters sounded too much like their song, I Want a New Drug, which uh, which is, it's, it's very, t- there's only 12 notes in music. So it's difficult <laughs> in, in the, the entire history of pop music, there's always going to be some similarities there. But I, I don't think... Old mate Ray Parker Jr. was listening to Hugh Lewis in the news when he when he wrote Ghostbusters. Ah. So that seems uh, a little petty by uh, by old mate Huey Lewis, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that that was definitely interesting. And I know that it's been it's something that, that pops up a lot in in pop music. And poor old uh, men at work copped it when they had to pay the estate of yeah. Kookaburra sits in the old gum tree yeah. Yeah. for Down Under, which is just absolute bullshit. And I think that that was peak. Over uh, over froth on on people g- claiming that, uh, yeah. that that people are taking interpretations from their music, but yeah, Ray Parker, Junior, Lewis, massive issue that because then they they did that in concert 
men at work. Like they were, they were playing the song, you know, and just riffing and then they, they changed it straight into that yeah. and, and that showed yeah. the similarity. So, but mate, Huey Lewis in the news. I was massive Huey Lewis guy. Oh mate. That massive. was awesome. Hip to be square. Yeah. Yeah. The power of love. Power of love's oh. massive. Love it. Back to the Kick future. Ass. Yeah. If this is it. <laughs> okay, I got I got a couple. Uh, Sigourney Weaver floating in the bedroom. Yeah, you know, like that was a practical effect. So obviously, there's no CGI. She was in a full body cast, and there was a pole in the curtains that rose her up and could spin her. And apparently, Ivan Reitman thought that up from his time on Broadway. He'd seen a similar sort of effect. So that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, yeah, um, very cool. The firehouse is actually two different firehouses in two different cities. Okay. Yeah. So the first one, the exterior is New York and the interior is in LA. Now the interior has been used in another movie that we absolutely love here on Born to Watch that we are yet to do. Oh, I was going to say, is it backdraft? Nope. Is the fire? No. Nope. The, the, the firehouse is egg shen. I was going to say. Warehouse yeah, yeah. in Big Trouble in Little Trouble. China. Okay. No. Yeah. If you watch Big, when, watch Big Trouble in Little China, you will see it is the same firehouse internally. That's in LA. Gout, did we go to both those firehouses? Because we, we spent a bit of time in New York and LA, so I presume yeah. that we so, went yeah, to all both Did you go to San Fran? Because we definitely went to San Fran. Anyway, did. it's time for one oh. degree of Kurt Russell, and this one was a very tough one. Sorry for cutting you guys off, um, but I could already hear people snoring in the future. It's uh, one degree of Kurt Russell. Anyone have anything for this? No. I couldn't find one. Morgs, I know you wouldn't. I never, I never looked. <laughs> I, I, no, no. I couldn't find it. I, I actually took a bit of a deep dive. Couldn't find a one degree of Kurt Russell. That's the first week. I reckon, I reckon Johnny Bull's got this. Johnny Bull, you ride in next week and I reckon you'll smash this. Yeah. Well, there's none, but we'll see whether someone can, can uh, send us a, a message on the, on the line. Let us know if they can find a one degree of Kurt Russell in Ghostbusters. Uh, let's move into notable quotables. And Morgs, you got any? Uh, all of, I mean, Venkman and, and Rick Moranis. I think Rick Moranis, the whole scene where he hosts the party is yep. just brilliant. And to learn that a lot of that was ad-libbed just uh, just excites me even more. So the fact that he's riffing on the, the price of salmon and uh, and when he gives it to old mate because he's in receivership and his, his wife is still drawing a salary from a bonus from two years ago. I think that that whole bit <laughs> is fantastic. But look, everything, yeah. I think Bill, Bill Murray steals most of the best lines in the movie, so... What about you, Gal? Well, there's a couple of really short, iconic ones, like don't cross the streams. Yep. Every bloke has said that yep. in, in his the life toilet. at some yeah. stage in the to toilet. his mate. Yep. Definitely yeah, definitely at the trough. Yep. Aiming at Harold. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Nice shooting, Tex. Great. Yeah, that's an awesome one. One of the other ones we didn't get to with Walter Peck was, which he copped a lot of flack for after he was, Everything was fine with our system until the power group was shut off by Dickless here. <laughs> they caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, yes it's true. It's true. <laughs> this man has no dick. <laughs> One of the greats. It's still funny today. Uh, yeah. And apparently, you know, we talked about him copying flack before. Apparently, he's had busloads of tourists yelling, going past, going, hey, Dickless. <laughs> Poor bloke. Yeah, it, it, yeah. and in, in, the, in a similar vein there, it's that uh, you didn't say the magic word. Yeah. <laughs> It's please. <laughs> Look, the other one I had was the mayor's office one. Yep. It's so good. Lenny. <laughs> but he's like, what do you mean biblical? 
Yeah. What oh, he means is Old Testament, Mr. Mayor. Real Wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. 40 years of darkness. Earthquakes. Volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> it's so good. I, and I love at the end there, it's like, and then uh, Bill Murray. But Lenny, <laughs> you would have saved the lives of millions yeah, yeah, yeah. of registered <laughs> voters. And he just, you see the mayor yeah. just smile. And he's going to get this guy out of here. And you just see him go, you, no. Yeah. I, I love, uh, I love uh, Raymond Stant's quote, actually, at the very start. Yes, personally, I like the university. They gave us money and facilities. We didn't have to produce anything. You've never been out of college. You don't know what it's like out there. I've worked in the private sector. They expect results. <laughs> yeah, it's so freaking good. And, and I love when they go to the very first one, where they go to the hotel, and it's like, I think we better split up. Good idea. Yeah. We can do more damage that way. <laughs> oh, mate, it's so good. I love no job is too big. No fee is too big. I actually use that quite a bit. Use that quite a bit. Yeah, very good. Very good. All right, I think we're just about done for quotes, mate. There's a thousand. Oh, there's tons yeah, in there. There's a thousand. Like, we haven't even gone. Where do these stairs go? They go up. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so she's a dog. Uh, there's heaps, you know, uh, she, she sleeps above the covers, four feet above the covers. There's a thousand four feet, feet above <laughs> the covers. All right. But anyway, we've gotten now to one of the greatest segments on Born to Watch. And last week it hit heights that it has never hit in the history of this podcast. And we're coming back down to earth today with film school for F-wits. Who Tap did it last in. week? I did it last week. Oh, how'd you I did go? Last week. Yeah, I did, I did all right, I think. It was short. No, it was short. All right, short. Well, I'll try and I'll try and make it short this week. But uh, yes, fellow F it's good to be back. Obviously, I've spent the last couple of weeks in the USA, so I've given the boys a bit of a bum steer tonight too. I told them I was going to do my favourite film set in New York, but uh, fuck that. I'm in fact going to honour my time in the Deep South, and I thought I'd do instead my favourite films set in the Southern USA, and uh, and also <laughs> one one particular shit one. So uh, first up, I'm not going to do the obvious ones like your Forrest Gumps, your Mississippi Burning, which is a favourite of Gow's, the sicko. <laughs> and all the John, all the John Grisham adaptations, which we've seen. So I just this, these are just my personal favourites of a film set in the deep south of the USA, just to honour my trip around there. And the first one is uh, it's one that we probably all suffered through in uh, in English in about year nine, which was uh, it's actually a great book and uh, and an amazing film as well. To kill a To Kill a Mockingbird with Gregory Peck. So. Obviously, set down there in the deep south with Gregory Pack as uh, Atticus Finch, and uh, and as a lawyer trying to get uh, an African American man off uh, off a charge there, and uh, yeah, just a, it's a, it's a black and white film. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a look, fellow F wits, and uh, something that obviously uh, invokes a lot of the of the deep south that I experienced, and uh, and just a brilliant film at all. But another one. Uh, an actor that's come up a bit on the cast, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, but Sling Blade with, uh, with the country star Dwight Yoakam and also oh. our favourite JT Watson called Sling Blade. I call Kaiser Blade. <laughs> definitely, definitely, uh, definitely worth uh, another look. And Billy Bob Thornton playing, uh, playing a, uh, a, 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 a character 
that that struggles, and I'm not sure of the term you're allowed to use to describe his character, but Inter- struggles intellectually. <laughs> thank you, thank you, and uh, yeah, it's definitely worth a look. A funny one though that I hadn't really thought of until I started doing some investigations on on the Deep South and movies, but Smokey and the Bandit. Burt Reynolds, Sally Fields, Jackie Gleason, and and let me just read you the. Uh, I know this is normally gals bag, but let me read you the uh, synopsis. So, Big Anus wants to drink cores at a truck show, but in 1977 it was illegal to sell cores east of the Mississippi River without a permit. So, truck driver Bo Bandit Darvell agrees to pick up the beer in Texas and drive it to Georgia within 28 hours. When Bo picks up Hitchhiker Carrie, he attracts the attention of Sarah Buford T. Justice. Angry that Carrie will not marry his son, Justice embarks on a high-speed chase after the bandit. So uh, how many times have we seen Smoking the Bandit? And yes, I haven't really thought times. about yeah. the plot of it. But, uh, yeah, look, I've, I've been east of the Mississippi River. I know exactly where they're talking about. And uh, it has zero relevance on this uh, subject, but just wanted to say that I've been there. And another one, a more recent contemporary <laughs> film that I, I really enjoyed set down there in the South, but uh, was The Blind Side with Sandra Bullock, Tim, Tim McGraw. So about uh, it's the NFL flick uh, with, the, uh, with, the, with the kid that they pick up. He's a, Michael a, 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 That's it, offensive lineman and uh, protects the blind side. Really, surprisingly good film and Sandra Bullock's excellent in it. So one that's one you... Yeah, one you can watch with the kids and um, I, I think worth a look, fellow F-wits. Uh, this couldn't have this topic without revisiting uh, the, uh, the the backwards of Atlanta, which I didn't spend a lot of time in Atlanta, but I wish I'd gone to see Deliverance uh, Country with uh, obviously John Voigt, Bob Burt Reynolds again, Ned Beatty with a role that he will never let down. And again, let me read a synopsis of it for you. Four city-dwelling friends decide to get away from their jobs, wives and kids for a week of canoeing in rural Georgia. When the men arrive, they're not welcomed by the backwoods locals who stalk the vacationers and savagely attack them in the woods. Reeling from the ambush, the friends attempt to return home but are surrounded by dangerous rabbits and pursued by a madman. Soon, their canoe trip turns into a fight for survival and Ned Beatty gets rooted up the bum. I, I may have uh, paraphrased a bit at the end there, but yeah, Deliverance, incredible film and uh, certainly one that I was very aware of as I was blasting through uh, the South on, on the top of my Harley. This one's a bit of a, this is a bonus film actually, but uh, it's not strictly where I was on, on my tour, but uh, it's actually from West Texas, which was a couple of states away, but Friday Night Lights, Billy Bob Thornton yet again, who's turned up a bit in this particular segment, but uh, what a great flick. I, I really enjoy I can watch this all the time. I love sport flicks and, uh, and and this particular true story adaptation about West Texas football, high school football. It's funny, we're listening to the radio a lot when we're, when we're riding through these states and there are actually a lot of adverts for Friday Night Football being a thing that the whole community comes and enjoys and, uh, and rallies around and, and to realise that it was an actual thing that these communities get behind. It was, it was pretty cool and it, it was something I really enjoyed on the back of my hog. Uh, in in the deep south, and uh, it was uh, it was definitely something we'd hope to go and see a Friday Night Lights game, but didn't get around to it because we we're at the pub getting lit the fuck up. But uh, there was one shit movie though that I was reminded of whilst I was in the deep south, and I actually went to Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and had the best fried chicken of my life, and got thinking about a film that I reckon gets a pretty heavy rotation at your house, G Money. 
And that is Sweet Home Alabama with Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> Josh Lucas, and uh, McDreamy from that, that fucking medical show. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, Patrick Grey's Dempsey. G-Man, am I right to think that, uh, that Chrissy gets that uh, on a couple of times a year? Yeah, she watches that. And you know what's funny, Morgs? I was waiting till you ended this and I was going to ask you, no Sweet Home Alabama? <laughs> Definitely. Look, Reese Witherspoon's done some amazing stuff, especially recently uh, as a producer, producing some uh, some incredible television. But as New York fashion designer Melanie, uh, when she suddenly finds herself engaged to the city's most eligible bachelor as Patrick Dempsey. Anyway, blah blah blah. Absolutely yeah. shit ball film. Terrible. Don't uh, don't watch it. Anyway, that that's my personal top top uh, films from the south because I've just spent a lot of time there. I'm pretty big in Memphis, and uh, yeah. That's, uh, okay. that's it. I've got, I've got, one to, I got one to add in, uh, in the similar vein of, of deliverance. And this is actually a recommendation from our esteemed guest, Damo Giles, uh, called Southern Comfort. And it's, it's about our army reserve uh, national guards that are down doing some uh, maneuvers and practice, whatever it's called out in the swamps. And they run into some uh, locals and, and go to war with them. Essentially it is excellent. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it is that's, excellent. That's... It stars stars Keith Carradine, yeah, Captain's Booth, Fred Ward, T.K. Carter, wow, um, Brian James, Sonny Landham. It's directed by Walter Hill. It's a cracking movie, and if you've not Good seen call, it, time, if no, you have I... not seen it, Powers Booth, yeah, yeah. If you have not seen it, do yourself a favor and find for you boys. It's on Plex. Definitely watch uh, Southern Comfort. It's really really good. I'm going to give that a go this week. Thanks, Damo. Yep. Great call. Yep. yep. Well done. Okay. Well done, Dan. That was uh, that was very good. And we're going to stay with you because now we're moving into Stan Bush kick-ass credit song and you're on the rack tonight, quite it literally. Was. It, it was uh, – I, I definitely got um, in, in re-watching Ghostbusters. As I said, it's probably a decade since I've seen it in full and I watched it. I just enjoyed it thoroughly the way through. Not, not a lot of dead spots. It, it just came back, and it, would, it was really comforting to watch it again. I can't say it gave me a lot of inspiration for a, <laughs> uh, a Stan Bush Kick-Ass Credit song, but what did give me inspiration was thinking about my uh, my podcast colleague, Matt White, and the fact that he saw this film seven times in in Brookvale at, at Warringah Mall Cinema. And, and also that led me to think about him watching Fatal Attraction by himself in in the cinema in Brookvale. So I just started thinking, I was like, Colleen, I don't know if this was amazing parenting on your half. So anyway, long story short, my Stan Bush Kick-Ass Credit song for tonight is called Colleen, What Were You Thinking? And uh, (laughs) here we go. My mum will love this. Magical Brookvale, get anything you need. If those rockskis drop the nuke on us, it's here that we would flee. Ringa Mall Cinemas, young Whitey gravitates to you. Seeing all the movies, 80s, early 90s too. His mum, Colleen, works around the corner. She gives him 450. See anything you want, my son, then see it again just as swiftly. Ghostbusters, seven times. Mm. Batman, mighty fine. Fatal Attraction. Now, hold on just a sec. Colleen, what were you thinking? I think you may have overstepped. <laughs> Colleen, what were you thinking? Michael Douglas and his sex addiction. Colleen, 
What were you thinking? Not a place for young Whitey to relax. Colleen, what were you thinking? Dan Aykroyd getting a blowjob off a ghoul. Colleen, what were you thinking? You maybe should have set some batteries, maybe set some rules. Colleen, what were you thinking? Oh, look, look, very good, Daniel. Very good. And look, in defense of my mother... She didn't really know what I was getting up to, and I did look about 19 when I was that age, so I could have gotten into anything. So, really, stricter rules at the ticket counter, I would think. Yeah, it's not entirely your mum's fault. They definitely yeah. could have put a bit more effort into, uh, into age-checking age you, walking into fatal attraction by yourself. Did but she sure. know you were going to the movies? Yeah, she knew I was yeah. going to the movies. I just never told you her. You just told her what movie you were going to, yeah. Just going to the movies. And sometimes I'd just rock down there and just see what was on. If something was on in 10 minutes, well, then I'd just go and see that. Yeah. And then did you go go hang with the Brookie Homeboys afterwards? Uh, yeah, well, I had my cappers on and, uh, yeah. Okay. Star of the show. We'll start with you, G-Man. Who you got? Star of the show. Well, there's some really good, there's some really good performance in this. I'm going to go with Slimer. <laughs> I love Slimer when I was a kid. Yeah, I right love on. the scene when he comes out eating the, eating the frog dogs. Or the, <laughs> the, dogs, frog dogs yeah. the frog dogs. The frog dogs. Good dog on your though. demo. Yeah, I love Slimer. As a kid, I loved that. I loved that uh, ghost. Yeah, he was good. He is very good. What about you, Dan? I am. Yeah, I've changed my vote through this because Rick Moranis. I, I obviously, had, I thought that he did amazing with uh, quite a small part. But Harold Ramis, I think Gao mentioned his uh, his his filmography of written scripts that he was involved in. I think he's what a genius. Like some of those comedies have, that they're just. North stars for us of, of stuff that we've enjoyed over our lives. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Harold Ramis and uh, rest in proof, big fella. I think you're yeah. excellent. Good call, Morgan. Good call. I, I think that this is going to be the first time where we're all gone for three different people. I'm going Ivan Reitman. I think that what he was able to achieve, it must have been bedlam on that set. It must have just been like creative genius everywhere. Trying to rein that in and actually get a film must have been just almost impossible. But what he did was make something that is almost a masterpiece. Uh, so I'm going Ivan Reitman and another one. Uh, and, and, again, his body of work throughout his whole life is, is second to none. But um, all of them together, I mean, that's not the first movie they were on. And that's the thing, I think. He was able to harness yeah, he all was, those guys. He was the composer. Meatball, Stripes, yeah, for sure. Caddyshack. You know, yeah. there's a lot of stuff there. So I, I'm going Ivan Reitman. So we're, we're splitting the vote there. But, uh, look, any of them are a win. Final thoughts. This movie is quality. If you have not watched it with your kids yet, maybe wait till they're past the age of six and watch it. I, of course, have probably watched it 10 times with Bell already. And Luke, I think I watched it with him when he was about three, but I am not the person you should be looking at for uh, giving you advice on who to watch movies with your children. Ghostbusters is one that can be shared with the whole family, though. It is quality. It is so much fun for both kids and for adults. It's as good now as it was in 1984. Just a great movie. Uh, and now we'll go to the rank bank and we'll give it our rankings. And I think that it's interesting, this one. We've got a few different options we can go with. So I, I've got these for us. Spores, molds, and fungus. Yeah. Yeah. Proton packs. Crossed streams. Dickless EPA agents. Giant marshmallow men. Or devil dogs? Oh, it's, it's dickless well, EPA agents or spores, moles, and fungus for me. So you, <laughs> well, yeah, you, you choose. No, I prefer 
Slimers, but I'd go with Cross Streams because I like that. Oh, God, we, we, we're going to split the vote again here. I, I really like Dickless EPA agents. Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's hard Good not call. to. So, okay, so we're going to start with Dan up there on the land. And how many Dickless EPA agents are you giving Ghostbusters? Yeah, 4.25 for me. I really enjoyed it on the rewatch. Didn't didn't see anything anything low from me. I agree with you. I think it's a really, really good film. It's probably only the uh, the, the time that has uh, reduced the vote further. But uh, I, uh, I, in compare, I think the last one I was involved with was Wolf of Wall Street, and I think that's a better film. But I really enjoyed this one. So 4.25 for me. And that's, that's high. Uh, and G-Man, what about you? I'm going the same. 4.25. It's an iconic movie. It just stands the test of time. You can you can re-watch and re-watch this movie and it never gets old. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I was sitting here and I'd already put 4.25 in as my vote. And, um, and that's going to sound like I'm taking the easy option here. Right? I still reckon you'll fuck up the score. <laughs> yeah, so I'm giving it 4.25. Actually, I oh, fuck, I've just put four in. Fuck, I tell you what, I can't do this. 4.25, and I'm telling you, I don't even need the, to do the, the formula here in the spreadsheet. That's 4.25. I think that is quite good. And Where does it put us? Let me just check where we are. In the just rank bank. Okay, so Gao, where does this put Ghostbusters in the Pantheon? Of Born to Watch movies. Okay. It puts us into equal fourth spot. Wow. Oh, wow. With Die Hard and Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. So I think three that's... of us, three movies on 4.25, right below First Blood at 4.33. And Top Gun Maverick at 4.33. Oh, sorry. And Top Gun Maverick's 4.33 as well. And above The Guard. The Guard's still hanging in there in seventh spot at 4.17. Yeah, well, the guard got four point five off Dan, so it's yeah, uh, yeah. that's his top vote as well. With um, so yeah, yeah, that's his that's his biggest score. So I, equal four spot. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a about, that's a pretty good effort. Yeah, I think that's about right. I, I think it's it's deserves the rating it's gotten. The thing is sitting pretty at the top of the pops at four point five. It's uh, going to take some knocking off, I think. Yeah, it's going to take some knocking off, and who knows? We may get there next week. But we'll get to that in a minute. What are we watching, dudes? Um, what are we watching? I'm still on Better Call Saul. Yep. And I'm into well, well deep into season four. Uh, season five, sorry, because there's six seasons. Oh, you, so, you're getting through it, Gouch. Yeah, you're getting through it. Through it. Yeah, and yeah. it's and yeah, really enjoying it. It's really starting to build. I'm watching that and House of Dragons. Yep. Uh, and so another episode out tonight, uh, so I'll get into that. Yeah, nice. What about you, Dan? Uh, welcome to Wrexham. I've just been binging that uh, is on it? Disney. Yeah. So really good, really enjoyable. Uh, I, I really like that uh, the Sunderland doco as well. It's fairly similar to that, but uh, yeah, really, really good. Welcome to Wrexham. Enjoying it a lot. Get into it. F wits. Yeah, it's fun. I've been watching The Midnight Club, uh, which is on Netflix, which is a new Mike Flanagan, who is the king of horror at the moment on Netflix. He's done The Hornick in Hill House and, and Bly Manor and uh, Midnight Mass. And this is uh, this is good stuff. Actually, I'm really enjoying this. It's fun. I'm about five episodes in. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's worth a watch, guys. If you like something a little bit spooky, because it is October, it seems to be the trend for Halloween. We are starting to adopt American holidays as if they are our own. And as such, uh, let's talk about what we're going to do next week. And I think we're going to stick with the scary theme, and we're going to go 
to a special movie, which is going to be difficult not to prematurely adulate about. But it did win all major Academy Awards, starring Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins in his signature role. What is it, Gal? The Silence of the Lambs. There it is. And this this should be a lot of fun. This is probably the darkest movie we've we've done to date. This is going to be a good discussion. Yeah. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> it puts the lotion on its skin. It puts the lotion in the basket. And next week, I believe that it is Gal's turn for kick-ass credit song. This will be interesting. How do you make a kick-ass credit song out of oh. out of Silence of the Lambs? Um, do you just call it Precious after the dog? Well, we'll wait to see. Do you call it Lotion on the Skin? Oh, there's a lot of options here. No doubt we'll come up with something terrible. Yeah, it, uh, it, I'm, I'm thinking it might be about something about, um, you know, Buffalo Bill's mullet. Could be. Yeah. Could be. We'll we'll find out the next episode. Yeah, can't wait. Not can't giving wait anything away. Uh, look, from us here at Born to Watch, it's farewell until next week. So thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week for Silence of the Lambs. See you, watchers. See you next week. In case my wife says anything, I didn't really root Star Wars, bruh. <laughs> yeah, I'm tipping she doesn't get this deep into the podcast, Dan. But anyway, no, I'll let I've her got, know as well. I just, I was like Dan Aykroyd. I just got a gobby. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.